Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Okay, I have a couple of thoughts that hopefully will encourage you today. Um, Friday night, we have our men's conference. Really excited about that. And we're going to maybe introduce a couple thoughts with you about that on decisions. So uh, thank you for making the decision to be here today. So um, maybe it's a habit for you. That's good, too. Habits are one of those involuntary decisions that you've already made. So good habits typically um, produce good results, right? As long as they're in the Lord, exactly. Well, Lord, breathe on these thoughts today. We thank you for those listening, those online. Father, we um, ask for your hand to be upon us today, and may these be your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want us to look here in Amos for a minute. I want to consider this Amos chapter 4, verse 13. This is... um, My son showed me this verse, and this is like his favorite verse. And um, ever since he had said this verse to me, it's been in my mind. And uh, I think it kind of hits the target as far as uh, decisions. You know, every day we make decisions, don't we? Every day. Some are, like I said, involuntary. They're habits. Maybe they're things we don't think about. Um, There are things that are settled that we just do because we know it glorifies God, right? It glorifies God. And then there are things that we choose to do, choose to do. Like today, our brothers from Delaware chose to be here with us. And I love that because that really ministers to us that you guys are here. And uh, we can definitely pray for the work in Wilmington and uh, very excited about what God's doing um, in Delaware. Uh, but, you know, the, the title of our conference will be um, Bringing Eternity into Today Through Godly Decisions. And so that's 6.30 Friday night. It's free. It'll be online and live. We've got some great speakers. Um, but, but think about this today. Decisions. How many think decisions are important? They are, aren't they? Joel 3.14 says there are multitudes of people that are in the valley of decision. Multitudes. They are maybe at a crossroad. Maybe they're at a fork in the road. Maybe they're in a place where Deuteronomy 30.19, where they choose life or they choose death, right? So 30.19, yeah, 30 verse 19. So Sometimes, you know, we might be afraid to make the wrong decisions, right? And it paralyzes us from making any decision. But actually, the believer knows that there is no neutral ground. No neutral ground. None, right? We're either moving forward or moving backwards, right? It's true, isn't it? (laughs) So, our decisions today, by the grace of God, how do we make good decisions? And uh, I had a great conversation with Pastor Mike Plunkett about this, and I want to share some thoughts that kind of was birthed from our conversation. But all right, Amos four thirteen: For behold, he who forms the mountains 
and creates the wind, who declares to man, this is the key point, he declares to man what his thought is. Do you see that? He declares to man what his thought is and makes the morning darkness who treads the high places of the earth. The Lord God of hosts is his name. So I'm sure you and I have been in places where we do not know necessarily what is the right decision. And we may naturally go through critical thinking and enter into the pros and cons. You ever done that with decision-making? Pros and cons. Well, I benefit this, and I lose that, or I gain this, and, and um, we kind of naturally reason, okay? You know, logic is important. Critical thinking is important. But when it comes to things of God, there's a higher bar. There really is. And, uh, and I think we find it right here. Who declares to man what his thought is. Now, we understand through creation, there is a declaration that God is God. There's a living God. But in Jeremiah 10, 23 and 26, it says that it's not within man to order his own steps. So how is it that we can make decisions that glorify God or advance us in the will of God? Well, I think we see it here. God shows us his will. Look with me in Exodus 13. Exodus 13. This is probably one of the most popular questions we are asked all the time. What is the will of God? What does God want me to do? What is it? Where is God? Like there is this question that of decision, of decision. Now, What's amazing about us as human beings is God has given you and I a free will, right? He's given us a free will. The will to choose, the right to choose, right? Brian picked out that shirt to wear today because he wanted to wear it, right? Uh, right? Or did your wife pick out that shirt? <laughs> Somebody chose it. <clears throat> uh, and God gave you and I a free will to choose because he does not want us to follow him because we're robots or because of any coercion. He wants us to follow him because we love him. Isn't that a great motivation? By the way, if you're motivated today by any guilt, that is not God. God does not motivate by guilt. He does not motivate by fear. God motivates based in love. So if you're in a situation today, maybe someone is putting pressure on you or guilting you into a decision, or they use these classic words, if you love me, you will do this, you can tell immediately that that is a manipulative person and uh, probably not God, right? So with decision-making, God wants us to make decisions uh, based on the beautiful gift of free will. And this is why we make right decisions and we make wrong decisions, hopefully less wrong decisions. But how is it that we can choose life? Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. How do we choose life? How is it that we choose uh, what God has prepared? Well, <clears throat> I think we see an interesting verse here, Exodus 13. <clears throat> so as we prepare to read this verse, one of the most... Uh, important 
aspects of a decision-making process is the information, wouldn't you say? The information. Where will this decision take me? I had someone try to convince me the other day that marijuana wasn't so bad. It's, it's a plant, and God made plants, and that, that whole argument. And I said, I said, okay. I said, but where will that take you? Where will that decision take you? What will that gateway drug, where will it take you? And what will you do next when you can't get the, you can't get the hard hit you're looking for? And um, so our decisions take us someplace. They take us to Christ, or they take us away from Christ. They bring us into the body. They distance us from the body. So... Uh, our decisions to to really make a free will decision to say, uh, Lord, uh, I want to be near you. I want to know you, uh, and I want to be like you. These are some great fruits of good decisions, right? All right, Exodus thirteen twenty one, great verse here. Jesus, how how did he lead the Israelites? They led, the, they led, the Lord went before them, that's a beautiful statement, isn't that good? By day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by the day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. What a, what a great statement. The Lord went before them. Isn't that good? He was their trailblazer. He was the one that was making their path straight. So the cloud here speaks of the presence of God, right? Moses said, I will not go unless your presence goes with me and before me. So in decision-making, in this process of, of deciding or taking a hold of that which God has prepared is, where is the presence of God? That's the first question. Lord, where is your presence? Lord, where is your presence? Not, does it benefit me? No. That's good, but it may not be God. I might move to another city and for a job, and that's between that person and, and the Lord, but, but I see this a lot. People move, and there's no local assembly. That's not their first thought. Like, what is that? Well, that's between them and God, but is it the presence of God that's leading them? Well, again, that's a question only they can ask, but answer. But my point is this. I want the presence of God to lead me, amen? I want the pillar of God that filled the temple, the cloud that w is leading and, and uh, building uh, the, the destiny that God has prepared. You know, I love what Pastor said this weekend. You, so many people look at the Bible, and instead of the Bible being above them, and they submitting to the Bible, the Bible's below them, and they're critiquing, and they're, they're finding much error because it's the Bible on their terms, right? And how many times have we talked to people that are not led by the Bible, but instead they're critiquing and interpreting the Bible on their terms? Of course there's going to be tons of error because we're full of error, but when the Bible's above us as the final authority, guess what? It's the cloud that leads us. It's the fire which speaks of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God that's in us. Now, when you and I make decisions, their motivation is a big deal, isn't it? What is my motivation? And sometimes people get lost with um, reasoning what is driving us. Well, I want to show you an interesting verse here in Judges. Uh, look over with me in Judges. 
So prayer, the presence of God, and then he'll give us the peace of God, the three Ps. Isn't that good? Prayer, presence, and peace. Not a manufactured peace, not talking God into my own program, but being led by his by his presence. This helps us make right decisions. We used to have this joke where people, you know, people back in Bible school, I remember hearing these stories where guys would walk up to get girls and say, the Lord told me I was going to marry you. And they don't even know each other. Right? Yeah. And it's like, what is that? Well, something, you know, maybe they're led by the presence of God, but that doesn't reflect the person of God, right? <laughs> the presence of God reflects the person of God and the pattern of God. A lot of Ps today. That's good, isn't it? That was a good statement, actually. That's a good statement, actually. So the presence of God reflects the person of God, which also reveals the pattern of God, right? So in making good decisions, especially marriage, relationship, or decisions, and day-to-day things. We're not called to analyze ourselves or analyze the opportunity. We're called to be led by the presence of God. Lord, are you there? Lord, is your presence there? Is your people there? Is is there a manifestation of the work of God there? And um, as we church plant in these coming years in the United States and beyond, it's amazing we have an amazing window right now in the United States to plant churches. It's incredible for a short time we have this window, I really believe, because people are, are, are open, amen? So where is the cloud? Where is the fire, right? Well, the fire is in us. Joshua was a, was a brand plucked from the fire. Isn't that good? There's a fire in you, right? There's a fire. A lot of people want to take care of their outer body, but it's the inner fire we must care for, right? Our inner relationship with God, our inner relationship with our Bible, an inner relationship with the body of Christ. It's amazing. Okay, Judges. Look, look this is an interesting verse here. I was thinking about this. Judges chapter 8. Anybody ever have the desire or decide to quit? If we're all honest, we have all been there and maybe are there today. Hopefully, after this wrap, that won't be a decision to do anymore. <laughs> uh, I remember in Bible school, uh, I was in my, uh, my junior, uh, freshman year, and I was offered a job back home, and I was, I was really contemplating on leaving Bible school, and just because the opportunity was very attractive and I remember a pastor coming up to me. He, he had no idea, honestly, he had no idea the timing. I'd literally packed my bags before class, and I was on my way out after class. I'll never forget. This was 1991. 1991. I was, I was 19 or 18. That's another story, actually. Why? You want the job? It might not be there now. <laughs> so... I'm sitting in class. <laughs> I'm sitting in class, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm wrestling about this decision because it sounds so good, but the decision would have taken me out of the will of God, and I and, and for me, I was like, I was so kind of hypnotized by the opportunity, and so I'm sitting in class, and Pastor Stevens is just preaching, and it's an, I'm just sitting there, just like, kind of like half paying attention. 
And I remember this pastor coming up to me afterwards, and uh, he's still a friend of mine today, and he, and he just says these words to me. You want to you hear him? I still remember it. He says, if, if God, okay, let me see if I say this correctly. If the best was in the world, okay, now just picture this. Cold walks up to me, no injury. This is what he says. If the best was in the world, God would have given you the world. Then he pauses and says, but he gave us his son. That is his best. And then he walks away. Okay? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, is that a riddle? I want to think about that for a minute. But it hit me so much that it, it caused me to think that God used this man to kind of orient me back to the presence of God, to orient me back to the will of God, to orient me back to the plan of God, the pattern of God. And I just, I went to prayer. I said, Lord, for some reason, I am very drawn to this. And the Lord ministered to me. He says, um, he says, if the best was in the world, I would have given you the world. And he kind of repeated those words over and over to me. And so I decided, I said, you know what? I'm going to go unpack my bags, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just wait on this decision. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray. And it was very obvious that that decision, if I would have made it, the permissive will of God, or God would have been faithful in that vein as well, but I would have been taken out of the will of God for the point in time that God was ministering to me. Isn't that interesting? I don't know. It kind of saved me in a lot of ways because I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Why? Because we would have been doing something else. But there is a decision with God. Okay, Judges 8.4. This is good. You ready? How you doing? You still with me? All right. So I don't want to just be an opportunist, right? I don't want to just be someone doing pros and cons. Uh, you know, somebody once said, you know, their parents was talking to their kid and they were, their conversation was all about career. Where will these decisions take you for your career? Career. And I'm not against a career, but, but, but I will say this. Um, we have a calling and the calling and career might go together, but I want to be focused in my calling, right? And then God, God will, uh, direct the our steps right amen he'll direct our steps but if i'm career oriented i might pursue something and make decisions based on my natural thinking and i'm not faulting that but i'm making a point today is the presence of god there is the people of god there is the peace of god there is the pattern of god there pattern of faith you know someone you know faith is not a maintenance program Faith is not a maintenance program, okay? Faith is not a maintenance program. What do I mean by that? Faith is a decision without all the facts, but I know God is there, and I'm reaching for God. Hebrews 11.6, right? I believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of them of, that are diligently seeking Him. Faith is not a maintenance program. Faith sees God. That's why walking by faith is critical to being effective in these last days. There's too much talk of safety. What about risk? What about danger? Danger. That's a good word, isn't it? Danger in the perfect will of God. I like that. I like that danger. Someone said to me the other day, be safe. And I said, nope, I'm going to be reckless in God, right? 
I talked to a pilot in Houston, very interesting guy in the church, and he said, he was telling me that, you know, people tell him all the time, be safe, be safe, be safe. And he says, nope, nope, no, I'm going to be reckless in God. And I love that. I said, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to, I like that. You may not like that today, but I'm, I want to challenge us today. Let's not have this idea that we are deciding how to be safe and protected and tiptoe safely to my grave. No, thank you. You know what will happen? Nothing will happen, right? Well, the greatest, it, it isn't the wrong decision that is, is bad. It's regret for not doing the right decision that's bad, right? Anyway, and there, there's, a, there's a lot I could say about that. But wrong decisions, we know that God can redeem those. And we, <laughs> we certainly don't want to be like frivolous in how we decide. That's why prayer, amen? His presence God, are you there? Do I see you there? Do I see the people? Do I see the action of the Spirit there? Do I see the peace and pattern of God there? God, are you? Do I, am I seeking you and finding you there? It could be in a relationship. It could be in a location. It could be simply in a decision how to raise my family or our families, right? Danger. I love that word. I like saying that word, don't you? It's going to get... Da- we're in dangerous times, perilous times. I mean, if we're looking for a nice uh, tiptoe through the tulips, then maybe this isn't the direction that we should be walking, right? But faith, missions, you know what the greatest reward is? Is people, you, right? People like Tawanda, right? People like Brigida, people like Esther, right? It was a decision of faith to find to go and seek and save the lost. And guess what? God drew you. God keeps you. It's awesome. We can have a pile of money, right? But is that going to buy us happiness? No. We can have a pile of whatever, popularity or, or materialism, right? We were moving someone's home that was a hoarder, and I thought to myself, oh, Lord, I just want to light this place on fire, right? Because it's all going to burn anyway, right? Anyway, probably shouldn't have said that, but okay. <laughs> Judges 8.4, notice this. When Gideon came to Jordan, he and 300 men were with him, crossed over. Okay, you ready for these words? This is good. They were exhausted or faint, yet they pursued. Isn't that a good word? Are you feeling faint today? Is the devil's breath on you saying quit or, move or do, do another thing? Let me tell you, if we don't have trouble, here's a Shabellism, I love this. If we don't have trouble, we're already in trouble. If you're not on the edge, you're taking up too much room. That's another Shabellism. I love this. Like, I try to memorize these, right? It's like so good. It's like, I want to be leaning in, faint, barely hanging on by a thread, but guess what? We've decided to pursue. God is pursuing us. God, we are pursuing God motivated by love, motivated in the Spirit. Is there reasons to faint? Yes. Is there reasons to quit? Yes. They're not good reasons, but there are reasons. But we're pursuing. Isn't it good? We will find our life when we lay it down at the cross. Amen? So many are looking for a life. It's like we pursue the Lord, and God gives us a life, right? God gives us a life. How many can testify of that today, that you have a life? Is there anybody here? No hands. Maybe Erhan has a life, right? Like he made a decision, right, to come to Bible school, right? 
Uh, I was talking with a young man recently. Giving God his prime, God will give you so much of, um, of, of his will, and you'll be so satisfied. Okay, last verse. Psalm 119. This is a very interesting verse. Pastor Schaller talked about this about two years ago, and it's a verse I've tucked away, and it's a, we're going to talk about it Friday night, but decisions. We're in such a recovery kind of mindset. Everything's about recovery, rebound, and uh, relapses, and, and, and I understand that those are, those are sacred um, journeys in people's lives, and I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but but how about deciding with God and not going down those wasted years, those, those detours that waste years, right? Why not live in the authority and decide with God in the authority of God, right? Decide to draw near. Decide to take the Bible seriously. Decide to say, Lord, I'm nothing. You're everything. You're first. I'm second. You're big. I'm small. It's a decision. It's amazing. Your free will. God struggles with your free will, if I could say. You know why? Because you're, you're not his robots. You're his people. So like you decided to be here today, God's going to add to you glory, add to you amazing uh, wisdom for the days ahead of you. All right, you ready for this last verse? And we'll close. We can talk about this. Uh, Psalm 119, 109. You ready? I love it. You're such good listeners. My life, or in one translation, says my soul is continually in my hand. Interesting verse. My life, or in one translation, my soul, 119.109, is continually in my hand. Yes, I do not forget your law. Interesting set of verses here, and time fails us, but what he's saying is I have the power to choose I have the power to decide with God. I have, God has declared to me his thought, and therefore I can choose life or I can choose death. I can choose me or I can choose him. I can choose life or I can choose sin. In addiction in particular, there is this lie that is said that I have no choice. I was born this way or somehow I'm a victim. Guess what? You and I have the authority to walk in the power of purity, the power of authority, and the power of the, of the words of God that is greater than any addiction or sin or besetting sin. Isn't this good? He says here, I have the power. My soul is in my hand. I can choose. So what's, what's the answer today? Uh, choose life, amen? How many, how many have that decision ahead of you today. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a little thing. I choose to eat that, that uh, Turkish delight, right? I chose that, all right? And that was life, right? Uh, you know, we can choose when our feelings are telling us something opposite. We can draw near. By the way, it is a good practice to do exactly the opposite of what the atmosphere is projecting. That's a good practice, isn't it? My brother told me that years ago, and it's, it's tucked in my heart. You ever have, like, the atmosphere projecting something to you? Do exactly opposite of it. Oh, you're tired. You don't need to come to church, or nobody really cares, or, or, or maybe there's this projection that, that somehow you're not important in the kingdom of God. Do exactly opposite. Say, I am important. 
I am God's son and daughter. I am needed. At, I need the church. People need me in the church. How about, do I need church? Absolutely. But people need you in church, right? Amen? Right? Oh, that was kind of, amen? It's true. It's true. It's true. So, so where is his presence, amen? His presence is in the Bible. I want to decide to open my Bible. Maybe I don't have a hunger to open my Bible, but when I open the Bible, I'm, I get hungry, right? Maybe I don't have a desire to pray, but I know God will meet me in prayer, so I decide to meet him in prayer. Maybe it is, um, maybe there is something hard. How about this? Proverbs 15, 4, another great verse. Make a decision and do not change it, even if it hurts you. It's a good verse, 15.4 of Psalms. Psalms or Proverbs, one of those. I think, it's, I think it's Psalms. Make a decision, if it's the right decision, even if it hurts, right? Marriage, right? Decide, decide to stay uh, married. Uh, and today's our 25th anniversary. You decide to stay married as God puts, it, puts you together in Christ, right? Uh, decide it. Love is a decision, right? Love is a decision. How many believe that? God has decided to love you, and He's not, like, conflicted about loving you today. Isn't that good? Like, God loves Mike Casey. Isn't that amazing? And we love Mike Casey. That's even more amazing. <laughs> but God's decided that, right? God's decided to love Gian right? He loves John. So it's not like all of a sudden if I sin or do something wrong, his love diminishes. No, it's a concluded fact that God has decided to love you. Isn't that good? So there's freedom to love him back. There's freedom to honor him. There's freedom to love others. Wow, I could preach on this all day. I'm excited. Decisions. Decisions for Bible school, right? Like, you're, you're going to Bible. Like, you're giving your God your best years? Absolutely. He's given me all my years. Right? So I'm going to give him my, maybe a couple of my best years. And I think back in 1991, when I think of that decision, 18 years old, and I was thinking, oh, Lord, thank you for bringing someone to speak truth. And it helped me make the right decision or the godly decision. And uh, so... What are the four P's? Anybody remember the four P's? Prayer, presence, peace, pattern. Leah gets an A. That's it. I mean, is there a formula? Not really. But the number one thing is if I'm being rushed into a decision, maybe I should wait and really love is patient and kind. Lust is impatient and unkind, actually. Um, maybe, there is, maybe there's pressure then God, you know, God leads gently, amen? And faith is not a maintenance program. It's not just something that I am maintaining. Faith is pushing us into danger. I love that. And I don't mean reckless danger. I mean the, the safest place, by the way, is where? Where is the safest place on the earth? It's the perfect will of God. It's not Bowling Green, Kentucky, by the way, even though that's a beautiful place. It's, it's the perfect will of God. So my question is, should like, okay, Lord, where is your perfect will? Well, it's in the body. It's in the, it's in the Bible. And faith takes us to places we would not choose. It takes us to Turkey, right? It takes us to um, Baltimore. I was thinking the other day, how did, how did Pastor Stevens pick Baltimore? 
calling uh, Grace Hour on a, on, a, on a pay phone. I don't know if any of you remember what a pay phone is. All, the, all you young people, right? I, I had a young person in my car the other day uh, in the crank windows. You know, they were like, what's that? They're like, what's that? I'm like, oh my Lord. Back in the day when the dinosaurs would roam. No. <laughs> no. So we're not looking for a safe life. Uh, by the way, you know, I don't want to be reckless in that thought, but just to say God will give you wisdom for what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and, wh and who to do it with, but not tiptoe through the tulips. Let's, let's advance, amen? Let's advance with fire in our, in our soul, in our heart, and led by the cloud, amen? Lord, thank you today. God, give us wisdom for our daily, daily bread, our daily steps. Lord, thank you that you count our steps. Lord, 31.4, Job, you count us our steps. Father, just um, encourage each one. We might be faint today, exhausted, but we're still pursuing. We're, we're leaning into the promises. We're leaning into your, into your ways today. And uh, open doors, close doors. Uh, remove evil people from our lives and, and draw those people that you have for our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we talk about this? Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.